A blessed Sunday to all of you. I'm glad to be here again um, to preach God's Word to you once again. I hope that uh, many of you were able to join our prayer and fasting this week. I hope that it has helped you revitalize your prayer life, and um, we pray that it has developed in you a hunger, an appetite for God. For those of you who are not able to join us uh, for the prayer and fasting, don't worry. We will have another one at the start of next year, and we hope that you can join us then. For the past few weeks, we have been uh, studying one-chapter books in the Bible, like Jude and Philemon. And, uh, you know, one chapter lang sila, and yet we learned a lot from these epistles. Even though they're short, they're very meaningful. Today, we are starting a new series, and it will be on Paul's epistles to the Thessalonian church. And actually, Paul wrote two letters, and we will be covering both of them during this whole month of August, both 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. Now, to tell you the truth, before preparing for this sermon, I'm not very familiar with 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. I mean, you know, I've read it countless times before, multiple times na, but I've ne- never really studied them prior to this. Binabasa ko lang siya, no? But uh, minsan, you know, you don't try to study it. And so I never really appreciated Thessalonians until now. You know, I only hear 1st and 2nd Thessalonians being preached uh, usually during funeral service, no? Funeral service. Ito is a, a favorite to ni, ni, ni Wevok during for funeral service, First Thessalonians, no? And uh, you know, many times I hear First Thessalonians being also being preached kung my talks about end times. But I don't hear so much of it in the pulpit. So, you know, I always thought that these two epistles uh, have a very serious subject matter and have a very heavy tone, Alam mo yun, very serious book in the Bible. But, you know, after studying it and comparing it to Paul's letters, other letters, I realized how wrong I was. How wrong I was. You know, unlike most of Paul's letters where kailangan niyang i-assert yung pagiging apostle niya, he always says, Paul, an apostle of Christ in his letter. He is uh, um, in this letter in the Thessalonians together with Philippians and Philemon. He did not start with that assertion. Hindi niya kailangan ipaalam. Hindi niya kailangan emphasize yung office niya as an apostle. Bakit? Instead, he went straight to his warm greetings. Grace and peace to you. And then he went on to his thanksgiving and encouragement. So, what I thought was a stern letter of rebuke and correction, Thessalonians was actually a heartwarming letter of thanksgiving and encouragement. I hope that as we go through the series, you'll read these epistles and you will look at it that way. And you know, who doesn't like reading, uh, receiving those kinds of letters, diba? Yung mga encouraging and heartwarming letters. You know, reading many of Paul's letters may sometimes feel like receiving an office memo, my correction, you know, don't do this. Instead, do that. Okay? But reading Thessalonians felt like receiving a letter from your mentor or your teacher saying, hey, good job, keep it up, 
Di ba ang sarap nun? From your mentor, your teacher saying, hey, good job. Keep up the good work. That is the tone of Act of Thessalonians. Just read verse 2. Okay? Look at your Bible. Sabi niya, we give thanks to God always, all for you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. Who wouldn't want to hear that? Paul was thankful to God for the church in the city of Thessalonica. Here, we are actually hearing a pastor's thanksgiving. Have you ever wondered what a missionary pastor like Paul are thankful for? Have you ever asked your pastor what they are most thankful to God for in the church or in their ministry? Have you ever asked? You haven't? Well, now's your chance. Ask me. Pastor Brian, what are you most thankful to God for, for being our pastor? Can you ask it to me? One, two, three. Pastor, what are you most thankful to God for? Being your pastor? Okay, let me tell you an, the answer. Kung di ako tinutulugan during my sermon. You know, imagine I loosely preparing for this sermon, then tutulugan nyo lang ako. Parang, di ba, nakakainis yun. No, but that's not it. That's not it. Just kidding. Kidding aside, you want to know what a pastor's thanksgiving are? Then try to stay awake and let us find out what Paul, as a pastor, is thankful for. Let us keep our Bibles open to 1 Thessalonians and hopefully we will be encouraged to live a life worthy of thanksgiving. Living a life worthy of thanksgiving. You know, Paul tells us what he's thankful for regarding the Thessalonian church in verse 3. Let me read again to you from verse 2. Look at your Bible. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Three things Paul thanks God for regarding the church in Thessalonica. Their work of faith, their labor of love, and their steadfastness of hope in Jesus. Faith, hope, and love. Sounds familiar? It sounds familiar because it is always something that Paul often mentions in most of his letter, most notable in 1 Corinthians, tama ba? But what does he mean by all of these? First, let's look at what Paul meant by their work of faith. To better understand this, we need to actually look at Paul's ministry to the church in Thessalonians, okay, in Thessalonica. Actually, Paul planted that church in their city during his second missionary journey. In Acts 17, verse 3 to 4, we see what happened. You know, Paul went there to the synagogue explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I proclaim to you is the Christ. And it says there, some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did great many of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women. As you can see, Paul's ministry there was very fruitful. Many Greeks believed, but the ministry was actually cut short because 
there was opposition. There was opposition from the Jews. There were persecution. In verse 5, it says, But the Jews were jealous. And taking some wicked man of the rubble, they formed a mob and set the city in an uproar. And so, ginuluna sila. And because of this, Paul and Silas have to escape the city and the church helped them. In verse 10, it says, The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. So, short-lived yung ministry ni Adorn. Okay, there was a big hindrance in the ministry in Thessalonians. It was stopped. But in spite of the presence of the opposition, the ministry bore fruit. It bore fruit. The church actually flourished in the midst of persecution. Look at your Bibles in verse 6 and 7. Paul says to them, And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction, but with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. So as you can see, this is the work of faith in the lives of the Thessalonian believers that Paul is thankful to God about. Kahit maiksi lang yung ministry niya, kahit na hinder, it bore fruit. And those fruit are the work of faith. It is seeing faith at work in the people's lives. Okay, don't mistake this. It's not work that leads to faith, no. But faith working in the lives of people transforming them to become more Christ-like, and then empowering them to make an impact for the gospel. These are the fruits of Paul's labor to them. First, the faith that is transforming the people. You know, though Paul did not have a chance to see it, kasi nga, umalis na siya sa city, even better, narinig niya from ibang tao. Di ba ang sarap nun? When you hear, hey, I heard your, your, your son did this, did that. He did a great job. Ang sarap, no? Nalaman pa ng iba. Look at verse 8 and 9 in your Bible. It says, For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and in, in Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living God. Sabsiguro ng pakiramdam ni Paul, no? Listening to this, nahinder na ngayon ministry niya, it still bore fruit. And that is the work, that is faith at work in the lives of people. Know why? Because true faith transforms people. And we see here that people were being transformed from idol worshippers to the servants of the one true God. They became imitators of Christ as they imitate Paul who imitates Christ. And with that, we see here also that faith did not stop with the transformation of the people. No, it does not stop there. But it led to the proclamation of the gospel. From transformation through the gospel to the proclamation of the gospel, the word of the Lord, the gospel sounded forth from them. That is what Paul is thankful to God about. Faith at work in the lives of people. Faith 
that produces transformation that leads to the proclamation of, faith, of their faith to others. Do you guys know what this is? This is actually discipleship and disciple-making. Discipleship actually is the commitment to be more like Christ. And disciple-making is helping others know Christ and also be, to be transformed like Christ. It is faith that produces transformation which leads to proclamation. And this is what we want to pursue in our church. That is why our slogan is what? Ano slogan natin? What? Love God, make disciples. And as pastors, as leaders of the church, when we see this happening in new ECP, we praise God. These are the things we are most thankful to God for. When we see lives changing, when we see you guys turning away from your sins, and we see you guys leading small groups, helping others to know and follow Christ, grabe, we are welling up with thankfulness. Let me tell you, this is what we are most thankful for. It's not having this wonderful sanctuary na may aircon, no. Or having nice facilities, or good coffee. No, we're not thankful for that. Masaya kami meron. But we are most thankful to God for faith and work at work in each and every one of your lives. When we see you leading small groups, when we see you transforming, dati ang lakas yung magmura, ngayon hindi na. Dati ang lakas yung manghawi sa basketball, ngayon hindi na. You know, before the pandemic, I was invited to speak in our South Luzon Youth Camp. A youth camp for all our South Luzon UEC churches. UEC Legaspi, UEC Naga, tama ba? Naga, yun, sama-sama sila, nag-church sila, nag-camp sila, youth camp once in a while. And I remember speaking to them about what it means to be a fan of Jesus. And I also led their commitment and dedication service. And then last month, we interviewed a pastoral candidate for one of our daughter churches. And when I saw the name, it sounded familiar. Parang medyo familiar tong name na to, ah. And when I saw him in the Zoom meeting, he looks familiar. When we were interviewing him, uh, he, uh, no, somebody asked him, how did he receive his calling to be a pastor? And he told us in that interview, uh, it was through that South Luzon Youth Camp where Pastor Brian challenged us to commit our lives to Jesus. My eyes turned big. I remember now. He was one of those kids in that camp. First thing that came to my mind, ang tanda ko na. Second thing that came to my mind, oh no, if this doesn't turn out well, lagot ako. But you know, after the meeting, God rebuked me. And he was, does his spirit telling me, no, you should be thankful. You should be thankful that his work, that God is working through me is bearing fruit. His work through me is bearing fruit. And so after that interview, I pause and thank God that He has produced and called a servant through my ministry. Because I'm humbled by it. You know, you know what we pastors are thankful for? 
When we see your lives being transformed and we see the gospel being proclaimed by all of you, the people that we minister to, when we hear news of how some of you are turning away from sin, when we see you leading other people to Christ, helping them to walk more like Christ, let me tell you, that is what we are most thankful to God about. You are living a life worthy of thanksgiving. We are thankful when we see faith at work in each and every one of your lives. You know, when we let our faith transform us and we proclaim our faith to others, then we are living a life worthy of thanksgiving to our Lord. Now, aside from their work of faith, Paul is also thankful to God for the believer's labor of love. What is this labor of love that Paul is talking about here? We already heard how the church in Thessalonians have been, been a blessing and a testimony to the cities around them as they display and share their faith to others. But the Thessalonians were doing more than sharing their faith. Look at your Bibles, verse 9 to 10. Uh, 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 sorry, it's not in your Bibles. It's in the screen. In chapter 4, verse 9 to 10, it says, Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. For that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, brothers, do this more and more. Paul is thankful for their labor of love, their brotherly love. By the way, as trivia, do you know that the words brotherly love is a translation from the Greek Philadelphia? The Greek is Philadelphia. That is why the city in the U.S., the city of Philadelphia, is also called the city of what? The city of brotherly love. But let me tell you something. The original city of brotherly love is the city of Thessalonica. They are doing it so well that Paul didn't have to mention what they were doing. Ni-research ko, ano ba ginagawa nila? What is their brotherly love? They're doing it so excellently already. Paul doesn't have to tell it already, no? He just tells them to do it more, continually, increasingly. So paano nga ba? How does the Thessalonian church show their labor of love? To understand this, I need to look in, uh, we need to look at Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Because there he urges the Corinthian church to follow the example of the believers in Thessalonica. Here it's in the screen, in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 1 to 5, he says there to the Corinthian church, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means, of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, then by the will of God to us. Yun yung ginawa nila. Here's what is so commendable to the part of the Thessalonians church. Remember, there were many oppositions. They were being persecuted. They themselves were lacking. They themselves were suffering and lacking in resources because they were being persecuted. 
And yet, what did they do? They still longed to help other Christians who were suffering in other cities. And let me emphasize, they were not taught like the Corinthians to do it. Hindi siya sinabihan ni Paul. And they were, not, they were definitely not forced to do this. And yet, they begged earnestly to help out in the relief of other Christians. Please, Paul, let me help. This was the labor of love that Paul was thankful for to God. The church's sacrificial giving and helping other believers. He was thankful for their sacrificial love, their labor of love for one another, sacrificially giving and helping other believers. Paul is thankful to God for this because, you know, this is proof that they indeed have genuinely received and understood fully the love of God for them. He called them brothers and sisters loved by God because loving others is the fruit of one that is loved by God. As Apostle John says in his letter, we love because He first loved us. UECP, how about us? Do we do labors of love in our church? Do we show our labor of love to our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ? Do we do it grudgingly or do we do it eagerly? You know what I am thankful to God for in our church during the pandemic? Do you guys know that at the height of the pandemic, when everyone was locked in into their own homes, we have this food care ministry? When somebody gets COVID from our church and are quarantined are either in their homes or hospitals, our church leaders will volunteer to cook or buy food for them and send it to them. Meron tayo nun. Sino sa inyo nakatanggap? These are labors of love. And let me tell you as a pastor, that warms my heart so much. That's what I'm most thankful to God for when we give to our, when to each other, helping each other. When we give to our charity fund to help our needy members, when we give to our disaster relief funds to help those affected by the typhoon, when we participate in our Christmas shoebox drive, helping our, our, our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ in our urban neighborhood community, and we do this on top of giving our offerings, that is what we pastors are thankful for when we are seeing each of you loving one another, loving brothers and sisters in Christ you haven't met by giving, by praying for them. When we see you praying each other with each other in the lounge or in, in the hallway, when we hear of you helping your life group or fellowship members in need, these are the things we are thankful to God for, the labors of love displayed by God's people. When we love each other and help each other sacrificially, then we are living a life worthy of thanksgiving. As Jesus our Lord has said, they will know you are my disciples when you, what? Love one another. Works of faith 
labor of love. These are the things Paul is thankful to God for. But there's one more thing, and this is actually the most important part of Paul's thanksgiving about the Thessalonians, and that is their steadfast hope in Christ. The last and most important thing Paul is thankful for regarding the Thessalonian church is their hope in the second coming of Christ. Look at their Bibles in verse 9 to 10. It says there, For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. As I mentioned earlier, you know, the Thessalonians did not have a comfortable life. It was a church heavily persecuted. Paul was forced out of the city by the opposition. But even as Paul left, the believers, the new believers of that city were continually persecuted. And yet, in spite of it, their faith shined their labor of love persisted. Why? Because their hope was not on temporal or earthly rewards. Their hope rests on the second coming of Jesus. Their hope rests on the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, unfortunately, many Christians today are not excited for the second coming of Christ. In fact, we, many of us fear the second coming of Christ. Lord, ang dami ko pang gustong gawin, pangarap sa buhay ko, ang dami pang gustong gawin. I don't want to kick the bucket yet because I haven't checked a lot from my bucket list. So Lord, wag muna. Wag ka muna darating bukas. Or Lord, please don't bring me home yet. You know, this shows where our hope lies. It is not on the coming of our Lord, but in other things. For some, our hope in life is to find our life partner. Lord, makapag-asawa lang ako, then pwede ka na bumalik. For some, our hope lies on having successful kids and having our grandchildren. Lord, mapasok ko lang yung business ko sa anak ko. Wait, pasok ko muna. For some, our hope lies in success on careers or build in our business. Lord, maging president lang or vice VP lang sa company. Yun yung pangarap ko. Wag mo na dumating. Wala pa ako dun. For some, our hope lies on our retirement. Hi, sa wakas, retired na. Wala nang sakit ng ulo. Travel, travel na lang. I travel not to escape life, but for life not to escape me. But let me tell you, there is no retirement in being a Christian here on earth. There's no retirement on earth for us, but there is a reward ceremony, and that reward ceremony is the second coming of our Lord. And let me tell you, a reward ceremony from the Lord is better than any retirement here on earth. The reward for those who hope and persevere on the Lord, the reward is God Himself and His new heaven and new earth. 
In 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16 to 18, he says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry of a command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The second coming of Christ should be our encouragement. In the new heaven and new earth, you will have the Lord with you always. And let me tell you, traveling there is free. On on our earth today, mahal. There will be free. And let me tell you, that new heaven and new earth with the Lord is a thousand times better than enjoying this corrupt and polluted earth we live in. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, we should not dread or fear of the Lord's coming, but instead eagerly anticipate it. And how do we anticipate? Not by doing nothing. No, waiting on the Lord is not waiting in idleness. Papetics, petics na lang. No. Waiting on the Lord is persevering in our works of faith and labor of love even against all odds. That is what steadfast hope in Christ looks like. And that is what the Thessalonian church are doing. They persevere in the good works and labor of love even in the midst of persecution because their hope is not on earthly rewards or their retirement. Their hope is in their eternal reward And that is the second coming of our Lord Jesus. And why is Paul thankful to God for the Thessalonians? Because he himself hopes steadfastly in the coming of Jesus, where he would proudly present the Thessalonian church to God. Look at uh, chapter 2, verse 19 of 1 Thessalonians. For what is our hope? or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at His coming? What? Is it not? You? Yes, you. Enduring in hope till our Lord's coming. Persevering in faith and love till the end. You are our joy and our crown of boasting to the Lord. That is why as pastors, you are our thanksgiving to the Lord for your works of faith, your labor, love, and your steadfast hope in Jesus. Faith, hope, and love, these are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. These are signs that indeed you have truly accepted Jesus in your life, that you are true disciples chosen and loved by God. When you persevere, even in the midst of challenges, when you persevere, in your faith, even if you're struggling in your business and yet you continually want to obey God through it, you're hoping in the Lord. When you're struggling with your health and yet you continue to trust in God, you are hoping in the Lord. You are, we, you are hoping in the Lord. When you're struggling in childbirth, or child conception, and yet you continue to walk with God, trusting that He is enough? That is the hope 
in Jesus. And you know, these are proof. Why are we so thankful for that? Because these are proof that indeed what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago, dying on the cross, raising up from the dead to give us new life, is indeed true. When we see that new life evident in each one of you. You know, when I was in seminary, I, 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 there was a time that I struggled with my faith. Seminary, many times, might challenge your faith. Totoyan. And there was a time na after nung class na yun, nakaupo lang ako, and it was hard for me. Ano ba, Lord? Totoo ka ba o hindi? And you know, after quieting down, and God reminding me, showing me my life, how I was before, and what he has, how He has transformed me then, it made me realize it's impossible that Jesus is not true. Because what He says in His Word came true. And then I look at the life of my mom. It's the same how He has transformed her from a hopeless widow into a one with hope. And when I remember many of you who, are, who have struggled and yet continue to trust in God, whom God has transformed, whom has have given hope, you know, God made me realize it is through His work in our lives that we can see that indeed we are believing in the one true God. You see, when I look at your lives being transformed, when we look at your labor of love, when we look at you putting your hope in Christ against all odds, it confirms us that we are indeed trusting in the one true God, the one true Savior, Jesus Christ, in, our, in this church. And we are thankful. Brothers and sisters, you want to know what we pastors are most thankful for? We are most thankful for God working in your life. When we see faith at work in each of you, when we see you laboring in love for one another, and when we see you put your hope in Christ in spite of the challenges of life, yun yung sinabi ni Paul, sabi niya, we know that you are indeed chosen by God, and indeed you are beloved by God. It shows us that indeed what Jesus said is true, that He gives new life to those who will believe in Him. UECP, are we living a life worthy of thanksgiving? Because you know, when you're living a life worthy of thanksgiving, you are reflecting Christ in your life, and people will know and put their hope in the living hope. That is our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you living a life worthy of thanksgiving? I hope we would, because I want to thank God for all of you. Shall we pray? Father, we give thanks for today. We give thanks for this letter to the Thessalonians, full of encouragement and thanksgiving. Lord, we pray that indeed we too will display that life worthy of thanksgiving in this church.
so that people will also put their hope in Christ. When we see how you are transforming us from people without hope to people with hope, how you're transforming us from sin into righteousness, how you encourage us, strengthen us to sacrificially give, to sacrificially love, people will know that we are your disciples and Jesus is the one true God. Father, this is our prayer that indeed that you will help make you ECP, each member of our church, to live a life worthy of thanksgiving so that Jesus Christ may be known, Jesus Christ may be proclaimed, and Jesus Christ and you, our God, our Father, and the Holy Spirit, be glorified. This is our prayer for you, ECP. Amen and amen.